Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 352 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined occasionally and today by the one and only Willie Saylor from Easton, Pennsylvania. To my right, Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr. To my left, Stephen Kyle Brackey. Government names only here. And Screw government names. Yeah, he's anti-government names. <clears throat> okay. Got to start with a lot happened this weekend. It's the best part about wrestling is that basically every weekend a lot happens. So there's a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. Very convenient if you have a uh, twice weekly radio show that goes for an hour (laughs) and change. So this has been working out great. Ohio State Penn State goes down on Friday night. I was so excited for this great duel. I theorized how it could be close, this and that. And basically nine minutes in, the duel was over because RBY beat Luke Pletcher. So I think you start there with that match, and there's not many matches where Luke Pletcher's going to outshoot someone, but darn it, it happened in this match. But RBY played it smart, played it safe, got it done in tiebreakers, and really at that point you were like, oh boy, it could be a long night, and uh, 141 made the night even longer. But thoughts, Willie, on RBY's performance, and you know, as a true freshman, just getting your hand raises is, is is the big thing. You know, you're not looking for style points at this level, especially against someone as good as Luke Pletcher. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that it takes some kind of level of maturity to understand that too. Uh, yeah. RBY, you know, is a especially with a true freshman, a guy that's used to putting up a lot of points, um, to go out there and probably know you're going to maybe be criticized a little bit for being defensive and mm-hmm. wrestling with a low posture and not taking a lot of shots. But the objective is to win, and uh, and RBY did that. He did, and it was very obvious he was on a reattack mission that entire time. Basically the same shot from Pletcher, yielded the same reattack attempt. Uh, I don't even know if RBY ever got a lock. There were a couple times he was in or kind of got his yeah. hands two legs, but never, never got in on a deep lock. Um, and, you know, the, the move, the exchange of the match is when Pletcher goes head outside, has him completely lifted off the mat, and he kind of has the elevator position and just kicks him through to come around. And that was really the opportunity there for Pletcher. And it's those little moments that, um, you know, win and lose matches. If there's no takedown, it's those little exchanges that can do it. Did anybody see a picture where Pletcher had RBY, like, kind of horizontal or, like, in a very precarious position and be like, Pletcher did not finish this takedown? Like when he had him up, that's a 
Yeah, he should be. You would think automatic, but RBY's just got, you know, he's unreal. He's got that kind of freaky feel, really mm -hmm. good hips. He's tough to take down. And uh, At that same time, though, did you think that there was some lingering – um, knee issues because oh, to me, possible, to me, yeah. RBY didn't have the same pop. Now, obviously, it didn't matter in the sense that he still won the match, but to me, he didn't have that same pop that he he normally does. Well, here's the th here's my thoughts on RBY. It's man, he has had so many iterations as a true freshman. <laughs> he comes out, mm -hmm. and I know some of that's a level of competition, but not exactly because he comes out and he's just absolutely steamrolling everyone. He annihilates Patel. He beats Tim Rooney, which everything comes back to. And then he comes to the scuffle, and he looks really sketchy his first two matches against not elite dudes. Then he has Gomez. He looks amazing, gets bombed, wrestles back really well for third. Then he, gets, <clears throat> he loses to Thornton, but he was losing before he injured himself, right. I believe. Well, he got it was 0-0, zero, zero, and then he tried the backflip. Okay, so he wasn't losing. Um, but loses to Thornton. We, we miss him for a little bit. And then he comes back, and then he wrestles a real conservative style, but he figures it out. Um, and I guess at, at this point, that's what you say. But I just don't feel like I have a good sense of what exactly he is at this point mm -hmm. right now. I think he's probably – I think he's an All-American. Uh, he's certainly a contender, right? But where does he exactly fit in the pecking order? I, I don't think he's Tier 1. I don't think he's proven to be that yet, but certainly a top five-ish potential kind of guy. Well, well, isn't that something? Um, isn't that something like I don't want to say microcosmic, but Penn State leading up to the Ohio State duel didn't look especially sharp. And and this was mm -hmm. the interesting thing. I mean, Kyle and I have been talking about this basically since this happened. Penn State hates Ohio State so very much, from the they athletes absolutely. to the coach. I mean, Kale was absolutely locked in, like. Very demonstrative, much more, you know, Kale kind of gets this reputation. He just kind of sits in the chair, hangs out. He's very calm the whole time. He was animated. He was into it um, way more than normal. This was super important to to Penn State. And yeah, make no mistake about it. Penn State, those dudes. It's beyond the, the, rivalry. The, the, the circle on their date is Ohio State. They hate them. They hate them. And, you know, Chinzo puts out the Instagram afterwards, you know, thanks for let, thanks to Ohio State for letting us come get a workout in. Like, they, they simulate the <laughs> they, block field goal. Yeah, they trolled him with the block field goal um, from the football game a few years ago while, like, the arena's filling up and everybody's there. Um, the Mark and Nick Lee putting up the Tom Brady Gronk video even, on Instagram. Even their barstool uh, in interviews with Kyle Bauer, I think Chinzo and Mark both, like, were like, Oh, yeah, Chinzo had some funny answer. He's like, no, we respect all the teams the same. He's like, which team do you hate the most? And then he just says Ohio State. Yeah. It's like they hate them. They really do. Or at least they draw the most joy out of beating them they really as compared do. to other teams. Yes. Schadenfreude <laughs> level no, 1,000. No. So they asked – Bauer asked uh, Vincenzo, what college team or wrestler do you hate the most and why? I try not to hate anybody, especially somebody I am competing against, Ohio State. <laughs> and Marks was like pretty similar too. Mm -hmm. um, so, and it's not just because they're like the the contending team either. It's, there's there's something else there. Least favorite well, coach Tom Ryan. Tom Ohio State. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I think I mean I think there is a big obvious difference in the way the two teams go about their preparation, their lifestyle, like all of it. Right? There's just it's 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 a great dichotomy, and right now it's 
going the way of Penn State. So they kind of take joy out of being like, well, our way is the best way, you know? Yeah. So, well, certainly <clears throat> certainly it didn't, and it this isn't the genesis of it. Uh, I think Penn State had long, um, uh, you know, didn't did not like Ohio State for a long time, but <clears throat> when Kyle Snyder put out "In Hell's Coming with Me," <laughs> that that didn't help. No, it did not help. It did not help at all. Well, yeah. So okay, and and one other thing that I want to mention that was very noticeable watching the duel, even on TV, there were a lot of Penn State fans there. It was very loud when, when they were having big moments. You could hear it. And it makes me think back to a year ago 50 tickets. when we were talking about they had it at Rec Hall when they could have probably sold out the BJC, right? And Rec they, Hall is our wrestling venue. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't make fun of our wrestling venue, Tom. It's not nice. <laughs> um, so that was like a little Kale-Tom Ryan exchange there over the venue. So, and the, and the thing was, Ohio State didn't get any, hardly any tickets at all for it right and so but Penn State they created this atmosphere that was just like basically a hundred percent Penn State Ohio State has theirs at St. John's St. John's is big right they kind I was saying you know they hosted Big Tens there it's a big venue so plenty of room for for Penn State fans as well and man you could hear it and it was kind of almost like man Kale once again even with venue choice mm-hmm. Kale knows what he's doing because there was a stark difference and there were certainly more than 6,000 Ohio State fans. They would have filled up Rec Hall with Ohio State fans, the equivalent, right, if they had it, but they don't have it. And uh, it was very obvious throughout the duel that there was a strong contingent. And for the record, not that my opinion matters one bit, but if Tom Ryan had done the same thing and been like, yeah, Penn State, you're getting 50 tickets, I would have been perfectly fine with that. To me, you should try to create as good an environment as you can for your home team and do everything that you can to take advantage of your Home court. Yeah, Obviously, but, it's not how Tom does things. Well, no, you can't. But, you can't do that with a with a. You can't just say you can't. They, well, I think I, I'm willing to bet that Kale allotted whatever the minimum amount of tickets was, but that's that's not uh, the gentlemanly way of doing it. All right, so 141. Uh, man, McKenna came out strong <laughs> against Nick Lee. Like almost, he almost threw him. But it's a, actually a credit to Nick Lee's upper body skills. Nick Lee very. I, very skilled upper body, and McKenna had to kind of clear out of it. Um, he So he comes out, he's a nice early lead for McKenna, and then you could just see in the second period, started to see some clock watching. His face was getting red. And you know, even though he had a pretty substantial lead, I, I think we were all watching that saying, this is going to be a thing, and this is going to come down to it late. And, man, he just, I mean, flat out gassed. He gassed against Nick Lee, and you can say it's Nick Lee's pace or whatever. I you know, I don't believe it was related to the injury or, or the time that uh, we saw McKenna out. But, man, I, you know, I picked McKenna to win NCAAs. I kind of changed my pick with Yanni. Do I have uh, – well, this certainly didn't cement that in my mind. But at the same time, I haven't seen McKenna really gas like that before. I haven't seen him have a performance like that. I feel like it's just a one-off thing. Um, I like McKenna still going forward. Now, if it happens again, if he has a bad Big Tens or whatever, of course I'll reevaluate like anything. But um, I, I can't say this is anything other than uh, a really great win for Nick Lee where his pace was absolutely a factor. And what was crazy was McKenna is such a smart wrestler. 
he took such a bad shot, and he just feeds right. And Nick Lee's go uh, reattacks are like that's like his thing. That's like yeah. his probably best attribute in, in terms of scoring. And man, he played right into it. He passed right behind those hands and got the takedown. Whereas if you're McKenna, you're one of the best positional wrestlers in the country. You're really tough to get to, and even when you get to him, it's really difficult at that point. I feel like if he had just played it a little safer, I don't think. Uh, you know, I think it's less likely that he gives up the takedown. But I think he was feeling the heat. I think he knew he was stalling a little bit, and some that pressure can force you into into bad decisions. And I think that was a primary example of pressure forcing a bad decision, and it played right into Nick Lee's hands. It's rare to see a guy like you're saying of McKenna's caliber take a shot like that at that point in the match, where giving it up results in a takedown for the other guy. Like that was. Yeah, that was out of character, not just for McKenna, but just like generally like top five guys, right? So, I think the whole match was out of character for McKenna. Yeah, I mean, and and that's not I'm not discrediting Nick Lee, who manned up. I mean, he he did the dang thing, but um, from from gas, I mean, there was a there was a little message board chatter that, and I don't know the source, but that maybe McKenna didn't handle the cut well. I don't know. Whatever the case, um, it's not the McKenna we've seen recently, right? No, definitely not. Then no, I mean, he 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 wrestled hard for three periods leading up to that, Nick Lee. Um, that isn't to say Nick Lee doesn't do things during the match that wears you out more than other opponents, but it just seemed off. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think he was off uh, – Towards the towards the end of that match, and Nick wrestled him tough last year too. So there's a bit of a matchup there. There's, you know, I I, I think it was whatever it was injury sickness missing time related, and then you combine that with a really good guy, a bad matchup, and yeah, Nick Lee won, wrestled great. But at that point, now that point was really like, you know, having it start at 33 and then them winning the first two. You're like. Oh, my God. This is the most over-duel ever. It's, like, so over. I mean, 33, it was over. 41, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a route. And it was a route, 28 to 9. And coming up, 149, you want to talk about near disaster, Jared Verclear and almost beat Micah Jordan. And, frankly, I, I, I have a lot of issues with some of these, these Matt stall calls. The rear-standing stall call, I yeah. hate it so much. Yep. And I hate that there's a new game, there's a new gimmick that these wrestlers are doing from the bottom <laughs> position. And, yes, I'm going to talk about it. And officials, I hope you listen because they're tricking you and you're falling for it. They're getting up to their feet and they're holding the hands. And because you say in the rule book it is the top man's responsibility to return you, mm -hmm. I'm going to hold these hands right here. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let you let me go. I'm going to get that stall warning. Okay, and there's nothing you can do about it. I hate that. Now that didn't happen in this match, but it's the same principle. You do not know, you cannot prove the intent, right? And if, for you to say it's the top man's responsibility, how, who's to say Michael Jordan didn't run straight out of bounds to get that restart? You don't know. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But, uh, I just hate that that's getting called and that, that completely changed the match. Well, I mean, you know, it's a... It's, uh... It's what these referees do. They don't want to call subjective things, but they want to call the things that are in the instructional videos. 
Yes. They want to call the hands to the face. They want to call the examples that they have in the videos where a guy is going out of bounds, pushing. I mean, one guy's pushing, one guy's backing up. How can you even tell? Yeah. Not not only that, but in a rear standing position, that's a wrestling action, right? That's an that's like an action call. Uh, <laughs> right. It's just absurd. It is. It is. And I, you know what? You you may say, hey, why are you talking about official officiating so much? This changed the match. Well, this one, call yeah. changed the match. Changed the match. It's it's. I mean, how can you not talk about it when the official raising their hand at the wrong time? Okay, instead of a guy backing up for five minutes, that doesn't get called. But a guy drives a guy out of bounds, maybe, may, or maybe a guy runs out of bounds. Then, because it's a black and white thing, you're making the call. But really, it's antithetical to the the real mission of the sport and the, your mission, which is to promote good action and to uh, prevent bad action or inaction from happening. So I thought that was a terrible call. I hate it every single time. I've hated it since the beginning of time, and I hated it there. And stop getting tricked by these guys when they get to their feet and they're holding on to the hands. Quit doing it. Hit the other guy for stalling. He's got it. The bottom man's got to be working to get away, too. Correct. Right? Correct. Uh, I feel like they're just getting completely bailed out from underneath when they get to that rear standing position. I'm sick and tired of it. So don't get tricked. G G did the did the master class of it. That he, was incredible. He, freaking, he held Thompson's <laughs> hands, got the warning, let go of them. Thompson drops down to the leg for the five count. He kicks away for five. He got it, a point. And didn't G Fire like hold him like a cross lock position or something? Like basically like held him where like yeah, during, like Thompson could not leave the leg. Can't work up. Can't work up. It's horrible. Okay. So like credit to G for knowing that. Like but like that is. You yeah. put something in black and white, wrestlers will find a way to game it. We've, we've seen every it every time. Seen it every time. And yeah, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> 57, 65, 74. Nolf smashed. Chinzo what's smashed. What's your? What's your? To to back up one second. Back what's your up. thoughts on um, the whole forty nine situation with Bergy and Verclearing? Now, Verclearing, Verclearing showing a little life, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have any. He doesn't have any wins, but I mean, he pushed Micah to the brink. Um, he had a good one with uh, someone. We um, lost to Malik Amin. That's yeah. not good. Yeah, that's true. That's a tough scene. Um, yeah. I don't know what they're doing. The I mean, Kale has said, and for whatever that means, he said Bergie's fine. Nothing wrong with Bergie. Bergie's okay. Everyone knows Bergie has a really big cut, and it's tough for him. I don't know if, you know, sometimes you see weight later in the year just gets out of control and you can't get it under control. I don't know if that's what's happening, but you know, you know that and I don't even know if he weighed in for Ohio State or not. Yeah, but um, he uh, you know, Verclearan is at least a sure thing in that he's gonna make the weight and he's gonna be competitive. I just don't think the upside's there, but you know, if he knocked off Micah Jordan, that would be certainly better than any win that uh that Bergie has. Could it be a situation I mean Listen, he's Bergie is cutting a ton. We all knew that coming into the season. Could it be a situation like almost um, a freestyle esque situation where he's just going to go at the end? He's just going to make weight a couple times. Yeah, p- potentially. Yep. You could see that. Uh, it's going to be tough to take the spot from Verclearing if he can notch a win. Although, how many opportunities? Who does Penn State have remaining? They don't have uh, Michigan State and Illinois. Illinois and Buffalo. So he's not going to really have a chance. If Verclearing goes the rest of the way, there's not really opportunity for him to beat someone, mm-hmm. get, to get that signature win, which 
you know, Bergie has one with with Maruka. Is there and anything? And he beat him. He beat him head up. Is there anything? The last two or three times we saw Bergie, again, I know Kale's not going to tell us, which is fine. Um, where we saw him look in, you know, knee, an elbow, shoulder, something. No, we, we he faded against Cole Martin, bad. Did, well, he was up really big in that match, mm-hmm. and Martin stormed back. And I can't remember the last time we saw him. Well, before that, it was. We got it pulled up here. Jordan, it was Jordan Shearer on the twentieth, and he beat him. Yeah, and he he lost to Cole Martin. Mm-hmm. That was bad. He was up like three takedowns to one. I'm pretty sure or to none after the first period or something approximately like that. So yeah, I don't know what they're doing at 149, <laughs> and uh, we probably won't know till large tens. So. 57, Nolf annihilates Keyshawn. Vincenzo smashes Tishan. Mark beats uh, Ethan Smith pretty soundly. Uh, I don't know what there is to really say about those three. Kind of taking care of business. And Miles takes care of no no uh, Lollipop Shakur Rashid. No Austin Hoops either. No, and no uh, Franny. What's his Franny Bonono. <laughs> None of the people wanted to see. Just kidding. It's cool to see Mason Manville out there. But um, still no Shakur Rashid. He's managed to not wrestle many good people this entire year. <clears throat> and uh, I I think, uh, I don't know, what do you what you read into that is didn't like what they saw maybe against Michigan, don't want to send him out there, not optimize against Miles Martin. Yeah. And which makes sense, especially now he didn't even weigh in. So if they needed him for the duel, he was not like an option right mm-hmm. but um it turns out they didn't need him at all i thought he looked i thought he looked horrible against michigan yeah like from jump street no, he didn't, and then he didn't. third period third period was even worse so um yeah yeah I don't, so, I don't know i don't like him against miles martin now he in could that, have in that he could have emory parker this weekend this week yep sunday We'll see if he wrestles. That'd be an opportunity for him to make a jump. I mean, 84 is like no one really wants the number two spot at all. You know, Renan loses to Bonacorsi. Zavasky, I think he's currently the number two, but he's got losses. Vins loses to Cash Wilkie. Parker lost to Vins. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is... Shakur hasn't wrestled anybody, which, I mean, if he's hurt, he's hurt. But factually speaking, he hasn't wrestled anybody. Nope. Right. So... I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Are that people were projecting, uh, or talking about Big Ten seeds. When you project those Big Ten seeds, uh, oh what did God. you have? What did you have, Shakur? Nomad. I mean, he got to be the oh, fifth, right? I haven't. Can't started, be higher than that. Unfortunately, I haven't started sixty-five or eighty-four because I just did forty-one sixty-five yesterday, and the next thing I'm doing is thirty-three. Then I'm going to get to the mess that is eighty-four. So. 84, I mean, there's there's a triumvirate there, two through four spot, but Shakur is not involved in that. No, I mean, he's going to be the be. five. I, I don't see how he could be any higher than five in the big Yeah, team. which is, you know, that hurts if you're on Miles Martin's size, mm-hmm. side. Excuse me. Um, yeah, not ideal, but it's just getting them to NCAAs, I guess. So, and then we haven't talked about this. Bo Nickel just comes out, cradle, pin slay. Barnstorm. Oh, my gosh. It was like, 
It was like a, it was just a nightmare evening for Ohio State, just all around for them to come in and do that, and it, the number one guy to do that to your number two guy, just not even a match, just comes out, locks up a near side cradle, and then, I mean, he's so, so his grip strength is so unreal. The way he's able to like navigate the lock and move his body mm-hmm. around without giving that up, and and gets the pin early on, um, and Nomad canceled the Hodge voting, which I said. Is ex- Cancel it. Extremely premature. It's not my fault you didn't get your vote in on time. No, that's not how it works. Wow, you there's you don't is even Bo becoming a front runner in a race that we didn't think there could be a front runner. Whoa, uh, I think this so. This is bizarre. What a, what a radical notion. I'll say this, Bo. Bo obviously at this point is in the lead. However, I, I don't know if you're aware. The hardest part of the season is coming up where he's got the most challenging matches. Right. And, yeah, that's fine. And, do you think he's just going to do that to all? You know he had an eight six win over Eric Schultz, right? You yeah, think? I do. I okay. think that was his Hodge moment. You know, like guys have their Heisman moment. That was his Hodge moment. That was his Hodge moment. Well, if if he follows it up with a bunch of decisions at Big Ten's in season, I'm just saying it's okay. not it's not canceled. He has he has like one he has like two more pins than the Nolf. Um, the boat. Oh, the bonus. You're saying like Willie with with the well percentages. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm saying you canceled it. I'm saying this is. I, very, I canceled it. It's, it's over. It's very close. It's, it's over. I mean, most of the season's yet to come. The hardest. The hardest yes. matches are coming up. All right. right. Well, you think it's going to be any different? Certainly could be. I mean, it, it is certainly just like it could be different for a thing. The the most difficult part of the season's coming up. He's yeah, going to have like to wrestle. It could be different for Nolf. He could he could decision Deacon, right. he could decision Alec, he could decision Berger. All those that's all those things are possible. That's, that's Christian's point. It Nick, will be decided from here going yeah. forward. And, yeah. And Nichols in a way better position. Not way better. He he controls his destiny. Two decisions and they're basically even. That's that's asking a lot at one ninety seven. What if I told you there was a guy that pinned someone in the first period at conferences and then lost to him? At uh, NCAAs. Yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah, to Bo about... Nickel. Okay, fine. Bo, Nick... Bo Nickel's going to win the Hodge. That's your prediction, but it's not. It's far Bo Nickel's going to win the Hodge. Very, he very well could. He very well could. But it's not a foregone conclusion at this point. Yeah. Okay. We'll revisit it. Um, we'll revisit it when he has the Hodge. Okay. I, saw, I saw him. He was clearing out space in his locker the other day. He's also be- being very uh, sportsmanlike. <laughs> That because he did not do that. Everyone wanted to talk about uh, how much class he showed after that Ohio State win. Remember when he told Carpenter to shut up? Yeah, (laughs) he did. I loved it. I loved it, and I was like waiting for him to do something, and then he just helped him up. He just helped him up. It was a little disappointing. Yeah, but I, I'm not saying he listens to FRL, but but I'm saying you got two, you got two Hodge votes here. Maybe, maybe want to get in tune with the, with the. With the voters. He's certainly showing great sportsmanship, although so does Nolf. It's going to be tough. It's probably going to come down to heart. So, hey. Bo should take our advice with the broken heart. Oh, yeah. That was Penn State. That was Penn State, Ohio State. Oh, Lord. But, man, I'm at, like, I'm at PIAA Team States, and I just hear our bits and bits from, you know, social media every so often like somebody would be like, "Hey, did you hear?" And it was this guy going down and that guy going down. And I mean, listen to these guys that lost: uh, Joey McKenna, Zahid Valencia, Nick Reenan, number two in the country, Patrick Brucky, Rocco Kaywood. I mean, there was, this weekend was freaky. Yeah, it was. It was all over the place, and you know, 
Zahid going down. So I, I said right before the, the Hall-Zahid match at Rec Hall, I got Hall that match, but Zahid's a better guy going forward. I haven't seen that Zahid that we saw last year at any point this year, and I don't know if we're going to. I don't know what's going on there in general, Arizona State, but not the good vibes that you you want to hear. And just seeing him get balled up, cradled by Daniel Lewis, which that is his hold, that's his thing. But man, I just didn't, I just did not see that coming. And yeah, I feel like Mark Hall's probably going to win NCAA's. Also, so RPI comes out supposed to come out on the fourteenth Thursday. We will know then. Where we will have an idea then of the seeds. But right now, in my head, it's probably going to be Hall, Lewis, Zahid, Amin. Okay, so it's as long as uh, Hall and Zahid are separate, I think we feel good about that. But you have said, Nomad, you will never pick Zahid to be or to lose to Mark Hall. He just got pin slayed by Daniel Lewis. Well, if he doesn't get to him, then it doesn't matter. Well, okay, if he gets to him. Yeah, no, I'm still gonna pick Zahid. But uh this was yeah, this was um not ideal. No. In any way. It was six four at the time of the fall, correct? Yeah, he was winning. So Lewis got the first takedown and reversed yeah. him. He looked tired again. The, see, Did that's he? that's the that's the concerning thing. When you get when I you're mean, having consistent issues with, like that. Uh, he was tired against Mark. Yeah. It was a concerning thing about Mark, yeah. And and if it's, man, it's just, it's going to be tough to beat Mark if you're not all the way on. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> it's, I, I just love yeah, the way I Mark's mean, wrestling right now. He seems super focused. He's, he's shown no kinks. He's had some tough matches, sure, but, man, he just looks so locked in. And, listen, the variable is program. I believe in Penn State more than I do Arizona State by a large factor. And if they're compar- sure. if they are comparable talents, which I believe Zahid is a better talent than Mark, but if it's close and it appears they're close, I'm gonna you you are stupid if you don't err on the side of Penn State when the when it's close. Hey, like that's that. another thing too. And I know we moved on from the Penn State Ohio State duel, but I think that's one of the most interesting things in in college wrestling is. The fact that Penn State—it's clear that they don't cut as much weight as other teams, right? I mean, across the board. I mean, some guys have sort of tough cuts and everything, but by and large, they cut less. But yet, they still seem to be—I mean, clearly more third period um, energy. Oh yeah, right. They're. they're mm-hmm. They're, so they, they, I don't know. It's like amazing that uh, on one hand they don't do the the stuff that they need to do to cut weight, but they still have the stamina. I guess you know, on one hand they they should have stamina because they're not cutting as hard. On the other hand, they have that conditioning, right? And I think they're. I think they're. I don't know. Would you say Christian that they're? The best conditioned team in NCAA? I think unquestionably. I mean, in terms and, – and, and what I pack into that is not just can you stand there and, and be there for seven minutes. I, attacking mm-hmm. is, is taxing. 
Attacking is what takes your energy. Standing there hand fighting is hard, but standing there hand fighting, snapping guys, attacking, getting on legs, and being in all these exchanges is harder. And they do that, and that's what they do. So they attack. It's not. Only, it's not just that they're there and don't fade. It's that they're on the offense and that they can um, chase guys down. So uh, yeah, I think it's it's I everything, think, right? It's their they're more conditioned. They're you know five percent better on top. You know they can get right in time when they need to. They're five percent better on bottom. They can get out when they need to and it's just like all these little things add up and then over the course of a close match when you have you know a high level guy Zahid or or whomever they come out on top because that little five percent over the course of the match equals another one or two points so yeah and um we've talked about it we've talked about it so much over the past year or two you know we kind of identified 197 being weak um (laughs) You know, number two loses to number one, sure, but number three and four also lose. Yeah. Well, just 197. Just. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Someone asked, like, what's the – which which uh, weight could have the highest seeded finalists? It's probably that one. Or uh, I could 25 also – 25, maybe. No way. 25? Yeah, I mean, if, if somebody like Vito gets a crap seed or, like, you know what I mean? Well, we're going to get to that. Um, why don't we right now? Cornell absolutely annihilates Princeton. Law enforcement may have to get involved. It was really ugly. <laughs> 34 to 7. Vito destroys Patrick Glory. Wasn't a Two takedowns, a reversal, and then a pin slay. I I mean, I did not I thought just straight up Glory would win that match. I just thought it was a good matchup for him. Wrong. Very wrong. <laughs> Vito is undefeated at 125, and mm-hmm. if he runs the table, which, you know, he will be favored in every match moving forward. I don't know what that does for NCAA seeding-wise because he's been at 25 the majority of the year. He will have had some nice wins, but he won't have wrestled Pitch. He won't have wrestled Sebastian, Bresser, Spencer, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know where you seed him in there. But if and, all and those big Glory's the guys, only guy... Glory's the only guy at EIWAs, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that, I mean, ranked. But my, my thing with Vito is you just I, – I think he's really good, but his highs are highs, but he can have some low lows too. He can have some mm-hmm. off matches. I wouldn't be surprised to see him drop a match and be like, whoa, Vito lost to this guy? Could happen, but he is going to be the favorite moving forward. And I, would you? I, I mean, how would you see matches with Vito? I mean, who would you pick right now, Vito versus – Pitch Vito versus Sebastian. I I still would pick those guys over Vito, yeah. but I don't know, man. He's I a, would too. I would too, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think he can. I do too. Beat those guys. I I really do too. If his weight's under control, uh, he, he's he's excellent. I mean, his early motor is so excellent. Uh, Maybe not he, pitch. I'm I'm super high on pitch. I think I don't know. Yeah, I am too. Vito's not going to get a super good seed. Coach's rank doesn't have him very high. He's not going to have good RPI. He only has wins over like two or three qualifiers. Well, the the, the coach's rank coach's rank be, is going to change. It's going to change. And yeah, but <clears throat> Glory's not high in the coach's the rank coaches, either. The coach's rank doesn't matter until until after conferences. I, I, so it's like yeah, yeah, you're looking at it right now. It's like that's like you're calling the hod race. It's like the the most important part of the story is going to be written. And once all those guys have losses, if Pitch has a loss, yeah. and then they're going to say, hey, this kid's undefeated, and they're going to put him ahead of a guy maybe he doesn't belong in front of. You think they're going to put Vito ahead of Pitch? 
If I, Pitch loses the Spencer League, I don't know. They're uh, not. Probably not, but he, he could certainly well, I mean, end up in the top five. How he could, high is he will how not high is high, Nomad? I think. I think why would, why, is, why should Jack Mueller be any higher than him? What? Jack Mueller doesn't have any wins either. As, well, but Jack they're, exactly they're, the they're okay. Okay, they're because they're going You're because my they're, point. they're going to go off of our rankings and everyone else's rankings. Who's going to have Mueller higher because we had him there because he's a prior All American? Then he hasn't lost. So unless we and everyone, all the ranking services collectively change, they're not going to put veto over Mueller. Well, I might and change. How about that? Let's be the change. Be the change. Straight Gandhi status. Um, all right. I don't think he'll be seated less than six. If he's undefeated, exactly. I think, no, no way. I think he's six or seven. I think he, I think he could be top five. I think we're gonna see some. We're gonna see some losses. You're. You can't just project out the rankings. You can't, some of these guys are gonna take L's. We could see a Bresser. No, probably not Bresser because he's not gonna wrestle anybody. We could see someone, one of these Big Ten guys. I mean, he should certainly pass. The, could, I mean, pass Sean, Sean Russell Russell's six, Raven Foley seven. I could easily see one of those guys taking like six or seven at Big Tens. I mean, yeah, would have Moisey to. was Absolutely. beating Russell. Yeah, Moisey was beating Russell five to one with a minute twenty to go. Yeah. Okay, so he jumps once. That, that puts him at six. I, I have a very hard time seeing him crack the top five. Could be tough. He's, uh, he's going to be in that tier. He's going to be and, and six again, or higher. There's other stuff besides coaches rank. Also, he's going to be behind some guys in coach ranks and behind some guys in RPI. He's going to be behind some guys in quality wins, and it's all going to add up. What about bow staff skills? <laughs> that is thirty percent criteria. See, well, that's what I've been staff. saying the whole time. He's mm-hmm. great with a bow staff, and you never you never factor that into your calculations. All right. Um, so Princeton <laughs> learned a learned a hard lesson. They got destroyed. Ben Honus, Green Ellis beat Patrick Brucky. Oh um, Brucky kind of had it and then just lost the match. Uh, so yeah, that was tough. Cornell still the top dogs in the Ivy EIWA. It's like seventeen Ivy League titles in a row. Seventeen in a row. Nomad <laughs> wasn't even Dude, born. The I'm last gonna time. fact check that. No, they said That's they've been seventeen too. all the time. Crazy stuff. Yeah, Not 17. only crazy stuff happened on the individual side with Christian. What's happening? But he's crazy his stuff nose and he's trying to make it not go right into the mic. I've, yeah, my cold has morphed into a, a runny nose. Good situation. thing they didn't switch over to me. Uh, I know. Right. Not only not only did crazy stuff happen on the individual side, but crazy stuff happened on the team side too. I mean, I mean, not crazy, crazy, but Pitt beats NC State. UNC, yeah. UNC beats Tech, and UNC, as long as they don't lose to Duke, they win the ACC dual title. Wow, um, which is awesome for them, right? Um, and I can't weekend. figure. Wait, they have NC State this weekend. Yeah, they have NC State. Doesn't matter. Really? It matters it, some. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It only matters. They need to win one of the next two. Promise you. If they want to win it outright, though, they need to be NC State. Yeah, NC State's two and one, so I don't understand. Okay, they can make, all right win the share. I don't. Well, but they're you locked into. <laughs> well, that's a pretty big distinction. They'd be sharing it with. Yeah. They don't just have to. Well, they're locked it. Doesn't they're locked in as ACC. They're locked <laughs> in as ACC champions. All right. They're locked in as ACC champions. Anyway, you guys are getting hung up on. Wow. Outright or co, but they're they're locked in. Got it. Co, congrats, Willie. 
And you know I'm what? sure they'd like Willie to go undefeated. Willie is a big co-guy. Yeah, dude. What? <laughs> it strikes again. I think it's bold that there's only two ACC champions. I, I think there should be a three-way split well, for Hopefully the duel. we can get a six-way split. That way every team wins. Yes. Mm. Guys, I don't name them. I'm just giving you stats. Honestly, <laughs> Maryland should be in consideration as a former ACC power. Ah, oh, they should. Yeah. Um, and Maryland Sorry, should be considered in consideration for anything. They lost 93-0 to zero in two <laughs> duels this weekend. 93-0. They, ha- they haven't won a match in a duel meet since January 27th. Forgive me That's for not, not being. True. That's true. Ooh. Oh my god. So and you know what? They could get out shut west. out again this weekend against Michigan. Why wouldn't they? Well, Hamida, well, Hamida could beat Paris. Yeah. Tony Jennings beat Paris. I know he has beaten him twice. twice. Now. I, like, I know. I don't like that result. Conan Jennings hey. is the most difficult person to rank in human history. <laughs> the the highest of highs and the just the lowest of lows. He is just a, a roller coaster yeah. of ranking emotion. That's why I have no, you know what? If anyone thinks he should be higher, I don't care. He did this. <laughs> he did this to himself. Conan knows what he's doing. And also, if anyone thinks he should be lower, he did this. To himself. He did this to he himself. Did this to himself. <laughs> he's he's beating good guys. A, also, from a team perspective, the, the teams out west drive me nuts. They uh, like. Fresno State, Fresno State will beat like Wyoming and Utah Valley, and they'll have good dual wins. Who they beat last week? They beat Wyoming. They beat Wyoming. They beat Wyoming. They, beat Wyoming. they lost to Bakersfield this week. Bakersfield's beaten some good teams. They beat Stanford this year. Bakersfield's like not that bad. It's all, no, dude. But... When you don't have when you don't have a ton of ranked guys, it's just all matchups. I think I think you're. It's it's the same thing. I don't even know if they're being necessarily inconsistent. It's just all on how your team. Shout out, the duel. shout out to Kyle Rochelle and Chattanooga. They uh, look like Campbell was in the driver's seat at SoCon. They beat Appalachian State, and then uh, Campbell Chattanooga beats Campbell. Whoa, that is also not that is also not a they did not win outright because they lost to right. Yeah, so that's the, a, they're, they're, that's one hundred percent going to be a coaching situation. Campbell could have just yeah, won yeah. if they beat mm-hmm. Chattanooga. So Chattanooga put a stop to that. Yep. So co soco, there will possibly be a three way tie. <laughs> wow. Between App State Campbell and. Uh, Chattanooga. Love it. What is Oklahoma State doing, I ask? No one really knows. They are deciding in mid-February to change their lineup almost, uh, yeah, a lot of it. Because Preston Weigel's back, and I guess they want to wrestle him. So they figured out Dakota Gear's too small, (laughs) apparently recently. It was kind of evident to me, like, all along, (laughs) that he was a little small for 97. Well, I think think the thing there... I think the thing with Weigel and Gear was all predicated on Weigel's availability. Right. I mean, the staff knew the staff knew that Gear was too small, but they didn't know if Weigel was going to come back. They didn't know if Weigel was going to what he wanted to do with medical red shirt. You know what I mean? I'm really surprised he's not um, taking the medical. But now that he's back, so okay, John Smith is like, all right, we're cutting Gear back down to 84. We're cutting Jacoby down to 74, and they're going to have to fight it out at 65 or 74. So is Joe Smith dropping to 65 is the question. What does that mean for Chandler Rogers, who is currently under 65 and doesn't look great or fully back? He's been hurt. And then if Joe goes down to 65, does Chandler come up to 74 <laughs> and battle Jacoby? He beats out Jacoby. Jacoby goes 84, beats out gear. Well, he definitely J- said Jacoby's dropping, which I don't know that I agree with because – 
Jacoby beat Foster. He beat Bonacorsi. Yeah, he's been kind of good. He beat, you know, Parker will be a qualifier. Colbert will be a qualifier. Like, he's got some good wins. Major Wilder. So what are you saying, Nomad? Nomad, you're saying let I, Chandler be 65, let Joe be 74, uh, and let Gear and Jacoby fight it out for 84? That's what I think is best for them, but I don't know how healthy Chandler is, Here's right? The, the, if Chandler's really hurt, then, you know, then, okay. The best thing for Oklahoma State is Joe Smith at 165. And I, whatever happens beyond that, I don't know. But that is their chance to win a title at one of those weights. He cannot win 174, in my opinion, even though he was right there with Mark Hall. He can beat Marinelli and Wick and um, and Chenzo. I think he can beat those guys. I think it'll be tough. But I really believe that he's right there. Well, question there is, first of all, he will literally – his seed will be atrocious at 165 because his only results will be at Big 12s. That's that's what I don't. That's that's yeah, fine. Though. This is what I. Well, yeah, that's fine. It's fine to an extent. It's, yeah, it's it's certainly not ideal. It's dicey. It's really dicey, and, and we we have no clue. Can listen. One bad thing. One injury. One little, and you don't qualify. That's why I don't understand making a change this late. Because here's here's the real thing. We've been talking about Joe Smith, and they've been talking about Joe Smith down at 65 all year long. And they're waiting till now to do it when the stakes are so high. And you're you're literally, yeah, it's one thing you can say, okay, who cares about your seed? Okay, sure, fine, you don't care about seeds. We can argue about that yeah, later. That's but fine. we're talking about not qualifying. You're talking about a guy that may not, you know, one little slip up, one injury, one thing, and you're not even going to Pittsburgh. That's, that's problematic. Well, and how's... How's the weight going to hold up? He hasn't had to well, cut to yeah. 165 all year. And you don't even know how effective he is at 65. He could, it could be, you know, we see guys just and can't hold the weight. Additionally, we, you know, we we have weigh-in sheets. He he hasn't been descending. Not by much. The The lowest I saw him was 172.6 against you and I, but he was back 173.6 against um, Lehigh. Right. He's not descending. Right, so that's why I'm like, is he really going down? The first time he will make 165 will be at um, Big 12s. Big 12s. Day Th- one. That's the first time he's eligible to on a dissension plan, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I I just this late shuffle. Now it could be, um, you know, that that he just stays at 74 and Jacoby's odd man out. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's if you subscribe to Joe Smith being better than Jacoby. I subscribe to that. I think Joe is better. John, uh, John made it clear Jacoby's dropping. Yeah, I know. So, <clears throat> so, so there's an All-American that's going to be on the bench yep. by definition. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. Unless Chandler goes 57. <laughs> <laughs> Just, that's a joke. He will not do Probably that. Probably not even certified. Not certified. So I don't know what they're doing. I'm excited. It's int- it's a nice, interesting <laughs> wrinkle to discuss. Fascinating. Yeah, because I mean, when's the last you time know, we saw a late season weight change like this? Sometimes, um, I think it's the case for a lot of kids. Uh, is that they don't want a six year? They just they want it. I'm done this year, right? So I think, I think Weigel's in that boat. I think some of the Penn State guys are in that boat, like. Um, and if they're not in that boat, they're considering that is like, should I get a medical year or? Move I on mean, sometimes life. kids are just 
so, sometimes kids are just like, nah, this is it. And I think that's that's the case with Weigel. And I think they they drug it out a little bit. Not drug it out, but they were deciding. And I think Weigel's just like, nah, this is my last year, and I'm going to graduate, and I'm going to get a job. Yeah. No, the other thing, and the whole reason you get a six year is because you basically missed an entire year of competition with an injury. And, you know, bodies deteriorate. Like, we've seen guys with six years that kind of trudging along because their bodies aren't right so maybe Preston's like I don't trust my body for a six year or I don't want my body to go through that for a six year yeah like that's very reasonable real real okay let us discuss um well we had like kind of a secret little treat we didn't even know what was going to happen because Sebastian Vera bumped up oh. <laughs> to 133 pounds I was like wait we this is happening and you know a lot of people are like why did Sebastian do this I it is interesting because Madden's, Madden's real at 125, right? And he was actually going to get to wrestle someone that was a Big Ten starter. <laughs> finally. <laughs> finally, like, someone's going to wrestle him. Let's kick it up like, to 11. He's like, you know what? I'm hey, going to really Foley wrestled him Friday. That's right. He wrestled You're Foley. Right. Uh, so <laughs> um, he goes he goes up. And uh, <coughs> learns a learns he already a, beat Matt in this year at CKLB. Oh, did he? So. What was it? Five two. Five two. Um, goes up. Mijic beats him. It looked like they were several weight classes apart. It was not a close match. Uh, but sh- shout out to Sebastian Rivera for stepping up and taking the match. It was awesome, uh, even though it was not super competitive. And I feel like that basically that match happens. Then we're like, who could bump up and win? At 125, you're at the biggest disadvantage other than, like, 97 heavyweight. Right. B- just percent body weight percentage-wise if you do that bump. And it was very apparent. I think Sebastian is probably a moderately sized 25. And I would say Michich, who somehow people believe he's a 57-kilogram day of weigh-in. Okay. He wrestled there, like, four times this year. Day, day of weigh-in scratch? Yeah. Scratch. Yeah, Euro's a Scratch. Scratch. And he, he meddled scratch. at the European Championships, which is scratch weight. All right. There you have it. So Scratch. Scratch. Uh, okay. So, but he, <laughs> he looks way bigger. He gets a pass from me. Sebastian, yeah, Sebastian gets a pass from me. Let him do what he wants. The kid, you know, he's making weight every match, and uh, he's there to wrestle every match, and he's he's getting passed over by a lot. I mean, he gets a lot of backups. Let him go up. Let him go up and wrestle. Well, it's cool. And Mijic was at Northwestern. Was there any, like, I don't know. Oh. This guy left. I want to show him what he left, which obviously didn't happen, but, you know, in his head, like. I didn't even think about that. They definitely never overlapped, nor did the only aspect of the coaching staff would be Storniello, I think. Yeah. So, I don't know. I didn't even I didn't even consider that. But Just that something to. It might have nothing to do with it, but. It might have everything to do with it. Yeah. Uh, but. Michich looked great. I'm, it doesn't really change how I view Michich. Now, Michich Soriano is this week. Dude, we haven't – I mean, it's only Tuesday morning, but nobody's been hyping it. I mean, we haven't gotten to it yet. Michich Soriano this weekend, baby. Is that the most premiere this weekend? Yeah, for I sure. have to assume. That's the big one. That's the big ticket. And that is uh, Big Ten Network. Is that Sunday? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Now – I don't. Do we want to talk about it yet? Do we want to get into it? You get into it, Christian. No, I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, so we were talking about it uh, this morning. It's at the rack. 
Oh, snap. We thought it was in Ann Arbor. It's at the rack. Oh, is me just ready for this reaction? <laughs> it's gonna be... <laughs> it's gonna be wild. Now, we've seen Suriano lose here. Yeah. I, I, we're gonna learn so much here. Because Micic, he, he might, he just might be beyond everyone, right? He That's might. possible. I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to say he's beyond everyone. I think Soriano's going to make this super competitive match. I think uh, I think it's a one to two point match. I mean, Soriano really doesn't get blown out by anyone. This, the biggest loss of his career is like 5-1 to Spencer. That's it. So that's the worst he's ever been beaten in college. So I, I think it's, I think it's a tight one, and you know I'm curious to Nicky's, see how the matchup Nicky's works. been scoring a lot more. I mean right. I know it hasn't, I know it hasn't been against the greatest of competition, but I think it shows a different kind of mindset. Uh, oh, yeah. He's attacking. Yep, he looked good. He's finishing quick. He's getting his. To, to his offense now. What's interesting is both these guys are very good reattackers, right? So how is I mean two of two of Michich's takedowns against Rivera were reattacks, and you would think mm -hmm. and he got to his own offense. I think he had four takedowns in the match. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, I think four. But you know how is that matchup? How is the reattack angle play into a guys that? maybe are just kind of both set up for the same thing that only comes if a guy attacks. I think Mijic is big. Why I think he's got a good chance against Suriano is his finishing, is he can be in bad positions, head outside, head inside, and find his way to get to it. And he's got a lot of different ways to score. I don't think the mat will be a factor, but if it was, I mean, Mijic is maybe one of the best guys transitioning from takedown to turn with his, like, t Turk series. Yeah. He's just... He's just really, really good in all positions. You know, Soriano's been my NCAA champion pick. Uh, I'm not ready to back down off it, but this weekend could certainly change that for me. Yeah, I mean, I probably have Micic by a hair right now, um, especially given Soriano losing to DeSanto, which, right. I mean, yeah, it happened, right? Um, Correct. But the, the elbow control, I'm, I'm really curious to see – is Micic going to be able to hit that in a big moment in that match hey. on the road? Speaking of Rutgers, Ashnall got taken down three times in the first period by Fernie Silva. He did. Silva pushed him to the brink, kind of. Ah, the near fall was definitely out of bounds. Yeah. They didn't challenge it, so that makes it hard. And, uh, you know, and that's not to say that Ashnall wouldn't have found a way otherwise, you know. Silva mailed, uh, air mailed a uh, go behind takedown to Ashnall at the end. I think he might have been starting to fade. But uh, a lot of people asking, my first thought when I saw a close match, I was like, one, you're coming down off this high. You see it all the time after a big win. Guys, maybe the lights weren't on. But the, maybe they were resting in the dark. I don't know the electricity situation. It could have been simply candles at Indiana. Second of all, first match, um, I think that could have been a factor too. Like, He's probably never started a dual meet, um, you know, since high school when he was like a six-pounder or three-pounder. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it other than down-matched. He found a way to get a way to move on. But He looked a lot better on Sunday, first period pin. Oh, yeah, against Phileas, who's Decent. pretty comparable to Silva in terms of, like, pedigree. So, yeah, that was that's a good point. I forgot. That was another weird thing that happened. S sidebar from that. 
Number one, I don't know if because I haven't gone back and watched the whole duel. If Indiana had the brick or not, <coughs> if they did, I think they should have thrown it. Was it was the first match of the duel. Then they, I think you should have thrown it. Um, but sidebar sidebar from that, I like how Indiana's wrestling this year. Yeah, I liked Elijah Oliver's uh, enthusiasm after getting the pin against Townsville. That was dope. Right. So Angels got the boys wrestling hard, and you know the results aren't quite there yet, but. Uh, we talk about this all the time, right? When, when a new coach comes in, what do we want to see when anything, right? Effort, hard, right? Are they competing hard? Are they fighting through every match? If, you know, they lose, they lose. But the the whole point is like, okay, you show hard, you get recruits in, team gets better and better and better. So good job, Angel. Yeah, I think you're seeing that at Indiana. I think you're seeing it at Michigan State as well. We're not seeing it at Maryland. It is a problematic scene. Uh, they need help. Someone help Maryland. We want Maryland to be good at wrestling. They are not good right now. Okay, so... We are almost at the hour mark, which means we're close to Q's from F's. Do we want to talk about, um, because Oklahoma State has Missouri, Iowa has Wisconsin. Those set up well the Iowa-Oklahoma State match oh next week. Do we want to save those for Thursday? Because that also plays into the seeding articles that I wrote. Um, Why don't we for, save it? Okay. We'll, we'll go uh, Iowa-Oklahoma State. We'll start ramping that up Thursday on uh, – FRL. But, but I do want to I do want to discuss those matches. I want to discuss my seeding articles because um, I think it all ties together. And again, it all flows into Iowa, Oklahoma State. So, all right. So let's do Q's Mess. All right. We have friends. They have questions. They are our friends, not Willie's. Willie has made them their enemy. Uh, quick question, easy answer. What does Michich's win over Rivera do for him at NCAs for seeding? It does zero things for him. It helps none. But it is just a nice little feather in his cap. Mm-hmm. Jake from State Farm. Whose FRL dad would win in a fight? My money's on piles only because his dad skipped the eighth grade. Uh, that's where my money is, too. I think we all think our dads would win. I don't know. My dad was Division One wrestler for Lehigh, so I'm putting my money on him. My dad was an NCAA champion for Iowa. Damn it. People forget my that. My dad, you don't want to hear my dad. What'd you, you say? My dad would win, and it wouldn't be close. <laughs> okay. Are we talking about... My dad served this or, nation. Or uh, are we talking about nation? Uh, he said a fight. Uh, said a fight. A fight. Street rules. Deer, uh, Deerfield rules. Nobody's beating my dad in a fight. That could uh, that could be strongly confirmed by uh, court documents. <laughs> I, I think by it's a ledger. I think this could actually be true. Okay. Yeah. And then and then they would get in the fight and then. Bracky's dad would represent us. Yeah. Would represent our fathers. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> that can be confirmed by court documents. Yes. That's good. Um, for how much longer was Moore pinned than Zahid? Switch the refs. Well, it's funny. The Zahid one was quick. But he was definitely pinned. Yeah. Uh, I Here's my thing about, like, pin calls sometimes. Sometimes when you know the pin, I feel like in the ref's mind, when you know the pin is imminent, you just wait to be a thousand percent certain. Like the Kyle Connell, Colin Moore, or maybe that was just like he just did not want to hit the. Remember what? I remember watching that no, like a thousand yeah. times. We were like, "What was he waiting for? He was so pinned forever." Wow, it all comes back to Colin Moore being pinned. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he was just. Why was there? Was there controversy? Well, are, were some people saying that Colin Moore wasn't pinned? No, or it we was were early saying against both. No, oh, no. I think he's saying. I think actual Cannibal One is saying Moore was pinned for a while. Why did it take so long for him to call? Oh, that? okay. Juxtapose that with Zahid, who was like, 
his yeah. blades hit and boom, he, he touched the mat. Right. They were both it was pinned. quick, but I don't. I still I mean, think he was pinned, quick, yeah. but, but I, it, I, I think it was right. I think yeah. it's right call. Yeah, so Moore was probably pinned longer than Zahid for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, how much do you feel that the weight descent rules affect the amount of super matches that would happen if those rules were not in place? I think it impacts it big time because mm-hmm. they have to weigh in. You know, Rivera had to make 33.0 or 25.0 and then go up to a guy that made 33.0. That's really hard. The, yeah, the most he could have weighed is like tw- maybe 25.8, right? right? Like We're talking about... Uh, you know, that's one bear claw. Yeah, that's that's, that's not enough. That that is not to. He needs more than that. Yeah, I think it does. I, I I've seen coaches, uh, you know, suggest that it, it really impacts a lot of what they can do lineup wise in terms of wrestling, even backups too. It's like you got mm-hmm. two guys battling it out at one forty one. Man, we need them at one forty nine. But if we either have to weigh him in at forty one point or blow his certification for right. one duel, it's it's really stupid. Um. Pops Redfoot. Uh, in the video you posted where the mom ran on the mat after her kid got hurt, what do you think of many people defending what appeared to be a clear attempt at intentionally injuring the other wrestler? Listen. I don't think that was a parent- clear attempt to injure the kid. I think it was a kid with a that didn't know what he was yeah. doing. That looked yeah. like inexperienced wrestlers yeah. doing weird. Exactly, yeah. It was just a you- weird kid thing that you see when they <laughs> – First, learning how to do moves, or yeah. he, or he thought he had it better than he did, and so he just kind of held it tighter, like the not understanding yeah. how the body works, or when he, he knows he has a, a legal lock, and he just thinks he, bend the body like that, which Listen, he can't. Come to the Shenandoah Valley. That's that doesn't even that doesn't measure yeah. up. You just see all kind these new wrestlers. They just do weird stuff. They yeah. illegal moves, illegal slams. It's most of it doesn't come from a malicious place. The main thing is, and this is what Coach Branch was saying, and Coach. War- they got to get parents away from the mat. Our, it's, it's a bad thing at the little league level, at high school, collegiate. You're seeing guys. Uh, CKLV. Yeah, CKLV. Well, that was. At least they were in. The, yeah, I guess they were in the stands. They almost got to find stands. You can't do anything yeah, about that. They can't really control that. Um, but <laughs> but in general, parents should not be near the mat. And it's just like we just let people way too close. Now you could see this, and this could very easily happen in little league basketball. You could sure. run on the court. Um, I was once a, uh, a uh, an official for Little League Basketball and uh, had some skirmishes with parents. It was a pretty tough scene. Uh, so, yeah. But in general, we just have to get parents away because parents are crazy people. And it's not just wrestling parents. All parents are crazy because they're irrational. And, yeah, it's bad. And there's no – there's not really much of a justification for a mob coming out on the mat. But props to the kid for running away. That was a funny oh, yeah. part. That was about to go. People were making fun of him. It's like, it dude, supposed to yeah, do what, the kid's going to square up. like yeah. Square like, up, moms. And also, like, yeah. he, he all he probably saw, because his back was turned, was, yeah, someone, was someone running, running at, at him. him. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know what's happening. Like, yeah. I'm just going to get, I'm removing yeah, myself from the situation. Right. That kid shouldn't be getting clowned on. What the, who should be getting clowned on is the kid for who's, who's mobbed. I mean, I would be like, your mom. Your mom went out there. Your mom's protecting you. Yeah, that that's a great, great point. So moms, dads, get out of there. Chill. Uh, okay. What? Who is the best NCAA wrestler to not win a Hodge? And how would that person stack up to Nolf Nickel? This may be more of a project question than anything, but who is the best, like, who had the, the best resume to not win a Hodge? Now, the best year to not win a Hodge – 
of recent right, memories, definitely Zane's yeah, that's sophomore year. Two different um, things. What was the debate? It was, wasn't it very close? The Ness, year Ness I think it, won it? it could be Varner. Varner did not win. Uh, Ness won it that year. He's had a little more bonus. Twenty ten, and and I think also it was impacted by the way Ness won and kind of the career that he had had. I think there was like well, some Ness emotional. Is... Sure, Ness's bonus rate was high that well, year. Well, I think it, I think it I don't think it came down to that. I think it strictly came down to bonus point victories. And like yeah. Varner Varner had this reputation of, you know, wrestling really close matches mm-hmm. and yeah. Jason Ness that did was, not. Because was, it, if it came down to career, Varner had a far that was better a career. Really, that's right. That was a really weird one because Jeez. Ness was never kinda close to a title. Before that, Christian's Christian's for Klemp. Just keep going. Uh Ness <laughs> was kind of never close to a title, yet Varner was like a legend, like winning, you know, I think that was his third title. Was it third or? Second, Second. title, four-time finalist. Four-time Second finalist. title. Right, so it was this It was this awesome year punctuated by the highest, uh, punctuated by a dramatic come-from-behind win plus the most bonus points versus a, a, a long career, four-time finalist career, yeah, something like that. Uh, so it was legacy versus one year, and um, you know that was long before that was before I had a Hodge vote. But I thought that Ness should have won it that year based on a singular year. I got a good one for career. Greg Jones was the finalist in 05 and 04. That's Greg Jones good. was a oh my gosh. Well, Greg Jones was no G. He was so good. Like when he was at his best, he was so good. He's like one of the you know. Top ten, maybe of all yeah, time, right? Seriously, yes. He had one bad tournament. Literally, that's it. Ever. Yeah. yeah. He. What was he taken down like less than ten times? It was like career? eight or something like that. Yeah. Eight takedowns. It's insane. No man, and I gave that up in round one of district. <laughs> yeah. It was... Hey, how about how about Mike Pasillo was a finalist in two thousand nine? Well, so that uh, that oh eight one was goofy. That was when Metcalf had the loss and won. Oh no! No, Pasillo it was, was two years. It was in the row. year he lost to Pasillo. To Herbert in the finals. That's weird. They had what? well, first of all, they had one, two, three, four, five finalists. And they said we cannot have Mike Pusillo not on the Hodge <laughs> finals. Let's even win. Yeah. Mike Pusillo <laughs> was great NCAA champion. I just don't quite understand that. Yeah, how he made weird. it. Um, well, also Metcalf was a finalist too. So we had two runner-ups that were finalists. Hmm. It was a, couldn't get Jaggers on there. Yeah, no love for Jay. I would say so. The two careers. Careers that uh, didn't win would be Ed Ruth and Greg Jones. Mm-hmm. One time, Mark yeah, Ironside was the only finalist. Oh, I, oh yeah, Ed never won. That's crazy. Yeah, Ed never won. I would say those those are, those are my it. top two. Yeah, forget it, about it. It's Ed. Yeah, it's Ed, it's. Well, I don't know. Forget Ed. about. It. I mean, no, forget Greg, about it. Greg Jones is really good. Erase though. your forget memory. About it. Erase your memory right now and forget about it. Greg Jones is good. He can be there. He can be one or two. Listen. Yeah, he can. Ed, Ed he can was, be in the conversation. Well, Ed's bonus point rate. The, the most amazing thing about Ed is like, Ed, we need a major. Oh, okay. Ed has <laughs> like a minute left in the match. Like, oh, okay, okay. It was so. I I'll went back it. and rewatched that. He was up like five two with a minute left or something crazy. It's like the major's not even a thing. And then it's like, oh, he got takedowns. Like, oh, let's go. I guess for I can. It. I guess I can do this. Uh, let me get three takedowns in a minute. Um, yeah. All right, fine. So it's Ed one, Craig Jones two. Yeah. Where was where was the. Where was the whining when Ed Ruth didn't win a Hodge? He was an all-timer. It's 
because people love yeah. David Taylor. They did. Well, also, Ed lost his senior year to well, yeah, it didn't Gabriel. Help. But his yeah. junior year, his, he, was, he was undefeated his sophomore and junior year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and his, I don't think he had a – His health? junior year was better than his senior, even like – Bonus-wise. Like, yeah. And his junior year, Dake won it mm-hmm. because he won four titles at four weights and beat the Hodge Trophy winner. Right. Which I what guess that checks J-O- out. Yeah, that's – what was J.O.'s best year? Didn't he go one year without being taken down? His sophomore year was probably J.O.'s best year. But he was not uh, – no, I'm sorry. 11. He was he was a finalist his sophomore year. He was also a finalist his senior year, but his senior year was Dake and Ruth. Like, yeah, and, that's a hard top three to crack. And, yeah. But in 11, you had Burroughs' senior year. Who was which, great. And then ah. you had Robles, who had like 18 techs, yeah. beat the returning champ. So – Oliver, I would say, is a notch below Ruth yeah. and I mean Oliver, obviously amazing, but <laughs> excuse we're talking me. bonus rates and things like that, probably right below the Ed Ruth Craig Jones tier. So um, we'll say Ed. Good question. Yeah, that's a great question. Toby Dog twelve oh six. Give him a follow. Um, with I'm sorry, I'm I'm on the verge of a sneeze here. I'm very scared. Um, Regarding Penn State lineup next season, what's the odds of Shaq and Kassar get another year? And the likelihood of Hall, Chenzo, Lee taking an Olympic shirt. So the I think one of the most interesting things coming into this freestyle season is how attainable Olympic red shirts are. If Nomad could pull up the criteria again, there's a, a lot of ways you can get these bad boys. Dude, you, you talk about uh, – it, it, it is going to fascinating. We have so much to talk about. We'll have so much to talk about all summer and into the preseason between what Penn State has graduating and what they could bring back with um, medicals and who's taking Olympic red shirts from Iowa and Michigan and and, uh, Oklahoma State and whatever – the team race next year is already lit. It's going to be fire. It's going to be so mm, captivating. But with guys potentially taking medicals and potentially getting Olympic red shirts, it's even more insane. So the the criteria, and we, we, we've already written an article. It's called, So Who's Qualified for an Olympic Red Shirt So Far? Criteria 1 and 4 are already set. Past national team members, which is top three from World Olympic Team Trials. That's hard. And that's very hard. But not quite as hard. Previous cadet junior U23 world medalist. So Jared Verclearen is qualified for an Olympic redshirt. Um, Mark Hall already qualified. Right. So the other two that have Matt, yet to happen. Matt Ramos. Matt yeah. Ramos. Top eight at the 2019 Senior U.S. Open. So in Vegas at the end of April. Um, and then here, top three at 2019 NCAAs or NCAA champ from previous year and top two from 2019 U23 uh, trials. So there's a top three from NCAAs. Yes. Jeez. Dang. Yeah, that's so. You know, <laughs> you talk Zadik, about wide net. Yeah. So you talk about Nick Lee. He would probably have to be top three from NCAA's or <laughs> place top eight, sixty-five kilos at U.S. Open. Which I don't know that he would go seniors. Do you have to go? Year. I mean, Nick Lee should go sixty-five because that's probably the best weight for him. But you don't have to go to an Olympic weight to be top eight. It just says top eight. Correct. It just says top eight. So. Man, and you think about the U.S. Open. Now, it might be different this year because a lot of people have the similar goal. 
But there's so many medical for- guys. Just check it. You could backdoor your way into a top eight at the open. Mm-hmm. You see, you see it sometimes. Um, it's going to be tough for this year. I think the open's going to be. But if you go a non-Olympic way, yeah, especially some of the some of the you know high quality NCAA guys that you know NCAA guys sit out a lot of freestyle seasons, right? To to get healthy, to do clubs like your clinics, like it's it's all. But to then kind of throw them in, who knows? Yeah. So it's going to be fascinating to see. I don't I don't have any intel on what. I don't think I don't think Penn State is taking next year off. I think they're going to go hard. Yeah. So to me, I think Penn State is um, the favorite. Not not like clear favorite like they were this year, where it's like, yeah. Uh, but if they, they are going to have to take some red shirts and kind of um, kind of punt like twenty fifteen. Well, the interesting two. thing, <clears throat> another interesting thing with the medicals that they could they could get a medical for. Casser. They could get a mess medical for Rashid. They medical for Nevels. But they also have three guys on gray shirts right. that technically could take a red shirt. Joe Lee could take a red shirt. Uh Beard and uh, Brooks. Beard and a Brooks. You know? Seth Nevels. That's why I think they that again, that's why I think this this has been kind of planned out for a while that they were gonna request these six years. And that's why those guys were all gray shirting this year. This like, like, why yeah, would you but, have I mean, uh, Seth Neville's gray shirting when both uh, Nick Neville's and Kassar are seniors? Kind of weird. Well, yeah. I mean, it gives them the option. Right. Though. Right. It gives them the option. So, I, I don't know. Neville's could be done. Kassar could be done. Shaq could be done. Uh, I think there's a great chance that a couple of those guys – are just ready to move on with their lives. I think Kassar, if he wants to do it, has the best chance of getting it. Because he missed two full years, no matches wrestled, not nothing. Never weighed in, just was on the shelf. Yeah. Nevels and Shaq kind of wrestled a little bit more. All right. Oh, okay. I, th- I think that's good. I think we crushed this show. 918. Crushed it. Um I need to blow my nose, but I'm gonna hold off one last time. Uh, Can somebody get him some Benadryl or something? Yeah, I took Mucinex this morning. It's just not. I don't know. I'm fine. Get him to the sauna. I know. I need to get over there. Feel free, Brady and Brad. Please play us out. Play a roll that beautiful outro footage tomorrow. On who's number who's one on the show? Freshman Big Board. Freshman, freshman. Okay. Thank you guys. 352. Sorry that we were not on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We're trying to get it figured out. We're yeah, trying to get it figured Thursday. out. It was Bracky's screw up. It was not. It was not. <laughs> but we'll get we'll get the show up. I'll get the show up right now. Uh, go go to the website. Read my Big Ten seating articles. 141, 165. I'm gonna try to get 33 out, and I don't know if 84 is coming out this week or next week. But actually, read the articles and think about the arguments. Actually don't just be like, "Lord, this is stupid." Because one helps Penn State and one hurts Penn State. Penn State fans. I actually don't care. Click it and don't read it for all I care. Just just give us those sweet, sweet page views. We'll be back Thursday. Who's leaving? Will you be here? I'll I'll be here till Saturday, baby. full squad for the first time. Full week, full squad. Willie probably won't be here. Yeah, Willie's definitely. No way, I'll be here. We'll see. We'll see. We'll probably, 7.52, he'll be like, can't make it. They're hanging drywall. (laughs) All right, boys and girls. See you next time. Thank you as always.